The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Let's Talk Mech for April 27th, 2023. I am Herbie Allen here with you and... uh, well, guys, we're going to have a fascinating Mac uh, talking today as uh, Alan, who is uh, Tyann's husband, is going to tell us all about the terminal and uh, whatnot. Looking forward to that. I just got to tell you in the meantime that, uh, you know, I'm always amazed at how many things I can do on my Mac that just are so much easier than I would need to do on Windows. For instance, I had, um, I'm part of the committee for a local project where we have to contact a lot of people and so it really came in handy yesterday because I discovered you cannot use the keypad on FaceTime unless you want to invite people so I had to create contacts and uh, and uh, then you know call them that way and so it was very easy to create the contact on the Mac and then just use the phone because um, the the calling was a little bit weird on the Mac, but I think it had something to do with the numbers and I was getting voicemails and it's a little wonky sometimes with the FaceTime using the phone part on the Mac for outgoing calls. It's fine usually for incoming, but outgoing can sometimes be a little bit more interesting. But it was very handy to have that contacts app and just, you know, put in the names and then and I, there was a couple times I really made use of the universal clipboard as well. So, but you know what? I'm going to turn it over now to the guest of honor. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, welcome Alan. Hello. Um, oh, one, one suggestion is, you know, if you do command P, when you have a contact selected, it'll give you, you can print it, a, a mailing label. Anyway, so. Yes, uh, I didn't know that. Okay. So there's a terminal. Um, Introduce. Oh, my name is Alan. Uh, I'm a, uh, I like Apple a lot. And I'm going to talk about the, the terminal built into uh, the Mac. And this is because the Mac operating system is based on Unix. How did and, you get started with Mac? Oh, so I, hate, so I hated Apple for a long time. And I finally bought an iPhone. And then my wife checked it out. And uh, then I got shafted with a dingleberry. And then, uh, and then she that moved her from the iPhone to the iMac. And then I was like, oh, here, I can't rip this to a ski tray ripping this DVD. And she ripped it first go. And I'm like, huh. So I installed Mac on my PC, hacked it, hacked it on there and went, same hardware, runs better. And uh, yeah, things just turn out to be easier to do on in the Mac and the Apple ecosystem. So... And one of those reasons it's simpler is because it has a full command line Unix uh, shell called Terminal. And I was thinking if people didn't mind uh, those that are on your Macs or next to your Macs, if you guys want to follow along in your own Terminal window, because that's the best way to, to, to learn is to, to actually do. So uh, good idea. Yeah, I think I think definitely think that's a good idea. And, uh... Unfortunately, I am going to. I'm just now switching back over to the Mac. I had to be on the dark side for part, uh, for Windows for something, but uh, I'll definitely be uh, listening along. 
All right, so the way you can get to the terminal, easiest way, uh, is I use the command space bar to bring up the search. And you type in terminal, and then, because I do it all the time, it comes up at the top for me, but if you, uh, you can pick it from the search results. And that gets you the nice little box. And if you're low vision like me and you want it bigger, uh, it's, if you press, <laughs> I have to go look at the buttons. So muscle memory, this is impressive. Control, Command, F will make it full screen. And then Shift, Shift Command, Plus will make the text larger. And then the first command that we would start with is LS. And LS is like, is basically the Unix slash Linux version of DIR. And it gives you a simple list of your files and your directory. Um, and then if you do uh, PWD, this uh, enter, this will tell you where you're at on your file system. And so when you first open terminal, it should be slash users, slash your username. The, the first slash, uh, they call that root. Uh, that can be important to know, and uh, if you get it, if you get further into it right now, it's probably not that useful. And then the way you get to your home directory, no matter where you are, is you can use the cd command, cd space tilde, and that will bring you back to your your home command. Uh, any questions? I don't think so. Um, let's check to see if we do have any raised hands, of course, in the Zoom or Clubhouse. No hands. No hands. In Zoom. So why don't you re briefly tell people... Be okay, so one thing I will uh, suggest is, uh, why don't you tell people that uh, might not remember, where is their tilde key? Oh, it's to the left of the uh, one, the number one, on the top left of the keyboard. All right, you, very you good. Hold, you have to hold the shift down to get to it. Yep. All right, so and now now all the files and now in, on Mac or pardon me, in Unix slash Linux or dare I say real other operating systems other than Windows, uh, a period as a start of the file name or directory makes it hidden. And so the way you can see that is so the way you can get more information if you don't like the simple listing you get, which is just the names for just LS command is. Uh, it's ls-hal, and this will give you a, a very verbose listing. And on the left, you'll have your permissions, and then you have, uh, you know, who 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 owns it, uh, what group they are, uh, the sizes, the dates it's created, um, and then finally have the uh, the name of the files. But in this listing, it will show all of the files. That's what the A and how means, all. So it will show all of them, including the ones that are hidden, which can be very nice if you're doing something in the terminal. Uh -huh. And then I was thinking it's just, uh, if you can do nano, it is a nice little uh, tiny um, text editor, very simple to use. So you can do like nano test.txt, Enter, and it will open up a blank file 
named test.txt and you can type some sample text and then you can do control, uh, control X to save it. And you pick yes, because it'll ask you for confirmation. Okay, and you should be able to ls test that text. And then once you get sample text, uh, the other command, in case you're in, uh, it's a CP command. So we can first do mkdir, which is make a directory. And, and we'll name it testing. And then we can ls testing to make sure it's there. Okay, and you do cp test.text, and then we can put where we want to put it, in which case we'll use the testing directory that was created. And then we can do cd, which is change directory, just like Windows, the name of the directory, and then ls, and then the file's there. You do pwd to test the path. Now it's users Allen testing. And then if you want to remove a file, you can do RN. But before you do RN, we'll do a CP, we'll make a duplicate. Now the one nice thing about uh, the Unix, the terminal is you can do uh, autocomplete. So you type the first couple of characters of the file you want. You can press tab and it'll autocomplete it for you at least up to the point that's unambiguous. So if like you got test and text, uh, it'll go up to the TE and then ask you what the next one you want. It'll stop. And then you have to enter in the other character, press tab and we'll complete the rest of it again. So in this case, we'll make a... The other thing about the command line that's very cool um, is you have the ability to backspace. So let's say you don't use CP, so copy, space, T, E, tab, autocomplete, space, T, E, tab, autocomplete. And then you can back arrow back and add a character like a two. So it's like test and test two. And then you press enter. And if you look, you should see two files test.txt and test2.txt. Now maybe you're like, well, I want to get rid of one of these. Well, there's the command for that is rm. And so you do rm, couple of characters. And then if, you, if you're following this along, do you type rm space and then te and then press tab. 
you'll notice it just goes to test and then stops. And there's a test and a test two. And then you can pick it, you can pick the character to define switch one, press tab for the rest of it. And if you just do rm space test2.txt, enter. And then you do an ls to look at it, you'll see that you just have the original file. Now you can now CD will get you into a directory by typing CD space in the name of the directory you want to go into. But to go back a directory, it's CD space period. And then if you do a PWD, which tells you where you're at, then, oh, pardon me, CD period period, two periods go back. And you do a PWD, it shows you where you're at. And then if you do a remove directory, uh, you can remove the directory. If you're following me along and doing a remove directory testing, you'll see you get an error since directory is not empty because we still have a test file in there. Um, so to do that, you can only do you can only do a remove directory when the when the directory is empty. Now the real uh, the command if you have a directory full of files you want to get rid of, and this is very careful, is uh, rm space minus r for recursive, and then testing. And now, whenever you do an RM minus R, this is uh, a very dangerous, can be a very dangerous command, depending on where you're doing it. Uh, one joke in the uh, one, one joke in the industry is uh, RM minus R space and then root, which is just a backslash, a, back a forward a slash, because uh, slash is the root of your directory system. And depending on the operating system, most of them wouldn't let you actually execute that anymore. You'd get permissions error, but people have managed to wipe out their entire system by doing that one command. So, so you want to think about it before you type the, that minus R. It can get you in trouble real quick. But the minus R will tell it to recursively remove everything. Directory and anything that's in that directory. And the minus R is currently useful because if you have directory upon directory upon directory, uh, it can be a real pain to try to manually, you know, clear out each directory. Okay, uh, and then the other really cool thing about the terminal window when you're doing commands uh, is the splat or the asterisk. So you can type in ls, you wanna see all the file names with a T, you can do ls space T asterisk, and then you might do period txt, and it'll tell you a listing of all the files in the directory to start with a T that have any number of characters uh, before the before the first dot and with the with the TXT as following that dot, which uh, most Windows users are going to think you only have a dot and then one extension, but in Unix that's that's not a, a you know that's not entirely true. Uh, any questions? No questions in Zoom. Oh, it looks like we have a raised hand. Sorry about that. Let me. Oh, Austin, you may now come up on stage. 
Let's see here. Austin, I just sent you the... Um, all right, well, why don't we... Maybe he stepped away. So why don't we go ahead and go on and maybe we'll see if he comes up later. Okay. Um, the other substitute or wild card, as they call it, is the uh, question mark. And so the question mark, unlike the, uh, the asterisk, is for a single character. So if you want to copy, say, three files and they only have one character different uh, and only one spot, is the character different? You can put a question mark there and it will copy all of the files of that type with that, that match that. And so that's a cool tool. And so the terminal, usually the real power of it is you build up commands by nesting commands together. So let's say you want to know what all of the, uh, all of your IP addresses are for your computer because that's what normal people want, right? And so that would be IF, kind of big space uh, and then the bar and so that's like a sh that's the shift and there's the button uh, uh actually that's a good question i don't know what the button is it's the bar it's the bar and then it's grep then inet for instance and so i config pulls out all of your network configuration across all of your uh interfaces and then the grep will give you just the i the, the ip numbers because they're all INET. So, so that's very cool. I use that one a lot for uh, when working on networks. Um, so, and then clear, command just clear the screen. You want a clear screen to work with? Um, any questions? Nope. And go ahead and keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Disk util is the command line version of disk utility. Um, and then disk utility, uh, you can do all of the things you can do uh, with the GUI, but you can do it for the command line if you want. Um, usually it's like, uh, Disk util space eject, and then the name of the disk. So I use it for, uh, which is nice, because uh, well, I'm not sure where to go here. Uh, the command line, usually if you're gonna do command line stuff, um, people get into it, uh, but they may not realize is that while Apple doesn't have a package manager for the command line, uh, there's a project called uh, Brew is the command. Uh, you have to install it initially, and it's the missing package manager for, uh, for the Apple computer. Uh, and then that's, that one gives you all the updated uh, options like uh, OpenSSH, current versions of Git, GitHub. Um, you have compilers. They're actually by default, GCC. In the, in the Mac uh, terminal, which you can just type GCC space in the file name of the C++ program you want to run. Um, there's also Python. 
built in a Mac, but you can also get the later versions of Python as well. Uh, so like, like, you know, Python and then the name of your, of your program to run it. Uh, any, uh, any questions? No questions in Zoom. And, no, no. and none in Clubhouse. So the one question I will ask them, so for people that want to install Brew, is that something they get like from the App Store? Um, no, when I installed it, I've Googled, I've Googled it, um, how to install Brew. And then uh, there's a UR, there's a, a text string you can copy and you paste it in the terminal from the web page and then press enter and that's it. And then it installs. All right. And that's how I've always, I've always done them from there. Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All right. Sounds good. All right. And then go ahead and keep going. Okay. Uh, where I go? Well, maybe I'll go about uh, the, use the cool things that are useful for um, for terminal that people may, uh, how geeky should I get? Well, let's talk about some things that you really love to do in the terminal for sure. You know, um, okay. yeah. All right. So one of the cool, one of the coolest things about basic function terminal that people who geek on terminal a lot use is a uh, secure shell SSH. And so if you do uh, SSH, what SSH does allows a, a secure um authentication system, encrypted connection between computers. Uh, secure enough, you could actually do this on, you can actually do it on public internet. So you have, uh, uses asymmetrical encryption and it has a public key and a private key. And then, so you generate private key. And then when you go to use SSH, you simply type SSH space and then either the IP address or the name of the computer and you can connect to it uh, without having to type in a username or password. It automatically picks up your, it actually, and it recognizes your key and then matches it uh, to the stored key. And then that's how it authenticates you. And we're talking 10, 24 bit encryption. Um, and this is a lot of ways how uh, the industry manages computers remotely. And then once you have SSH set up, then this allows you to do cool things like rsync. And uh, rsync is the open source method of backing up, and it makes up the foundation for most of your backup products on the internet that you will that you pay money for. And it allows you to uh, it's kind of like a similar to defining it as we you're copying a file, but you use rsync, the name of the file, and where you want the file to go, uh, and it will sync that chunk of files. For that file structure to the remote computer. And depending on the switches you use, it will set archive bits, uh, it will preserve uh, you know, uh, the metadata, um, usernames, uh, user ID numbers, depending how you, you the switches that you use. And so it can be a fantastic way to synchronize data across multiple computers. And the nice thing about it is it checks blocks of data and transfers only the changes. So when you run it successively, it's a great way of updating 
say your backup from your client computer to your file server. So that's so you can do that uh, between file servers, even between two different sites across the internet. You just have, you just set that up as a as a a job that runs occasionally, and uh, that's how the uh, the internet gets backed up. Any questions? So this could, yeah. I could see this I'm being sorry. useful for like you have a situation like maybe you have a file server and you're and you want to back files up to it. So that'd be a very secure way of doing it without having to rely on the cloud-based third-party products that a lot of people can be leery of sometimes. So uh, that's pretty cool. And you said there was no other questions in the... There are no questions in Zoom. All right. And then in Clubhouse. Very good. Very good. All right. That sounds pretty cool. Um, encrypting and... Real quick, I'll just kind of uh, maybe just explain a little bit more real briefly about encryption, what it is. It's like, so you can um, have a number of, like, it, it's a series of numbers that, you know, encrypt a file. And, it can, and when it's encrypted, it means that the program has to figure out the numbers to unlock the thing. So it's very, you know, it's... You want, of course, as high of an encryption rate as possible because of that. But uh, um, so, yeah, it's kind of like just using numbers to lock a file, basically. Yeah, basically, encryption is used on computers. There's a set. There's two set two phases to encryption. Typically, uh, one is the initial setup. So, like when you go to bank at your website or you do an SHH session, they actually use asymmetrical encryption. Uh, and so, there's two. It, it, there's Two prime numbers when multi multiplied together makes a third prime number, and uh, and so, and I don't know the math. I don't understand the math behind it. But the point is, is you have to have one private key to encrypt the data, and only only the public key can decrypt it, and so that and so, that's how you get between the two computers. So if you intercept it, you can't. It's it's a third party can't intervene with it, but exactly. it's compute but it's computationally expensive. So that's so not all your encryption is used doing that way. What that does is that asymmetrical encryption stage is used to set up the encryption. This encryption key that's shared between the two machines need the same encryption key, and all that is is a, a series of ones and zeros. That's the length of whatever encryption you're using. Usually, it's, now the good encryption is usually considered two fifty six bit long, and so you get a single two fifty six bit string of random ones and zeros. And then what? And then they they compare that to 128 bit block of data they're sending, and they do an XOR. So if it's a one and a one, it's a zero. And if it's a one, if either one in that same spot is a one, then it's a one. And they just go down that link of 100, 256 bits if it's a 256 bit encryption, and they apply they XOR that series of uh, that string of zeros and ones, and that's how the you actually the normal encryption actually operates. And so if you get a hold of that mask, um, then they can read everything. We but have uh, two hands. All right. We have Chanel and then Holly. Yes, this comes from Claude. If I can talk, this comes from Clubhouse. This is Brad Snyder. Brad, welcome. We're not hearing you. Yep, you are muted, Brad. 
<laughs> At least he's up on stage, but he is muted. I wonder if you need to also check your uh, mixer settings there, Bradford. You could be muted in loopback. All right, well, let's go to Holly and let's see if we can get Bradford uh, figured out in the meantime. Hi. Um, I have a I have actually two kind of small questions. So I've heard of, of homebrew. Is that sort of just a version of brew that you can oh, install? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, it's homebrew. I'm referring to it by, okay. the, by the command line command for it, brew. Okay. I was going to ask you about that, so yeah. yeah. And then, um, so the Mac actually comes with Git. Is there an, um, an advantage to installing like a different version of Git? I know the, I guess you get like the, the newest version and the one that comes with the Mac is not always as updated. Is that kind of basically what? Yeah, exactly. The one, that, the one, the one the Mac has in there is, is, uh, would be considered obsolete typically. <laughs> okay. So yeah, but, I'm, I've, I've not installed that yet. I've, it's one of those things that I've been meaning to do, but I haven't done it. So yeah. I suppose I probably should. <laughs> well, then I got to ask, which is likely more likely to happen? You installing that or actually fixing your dice world username. So it'll actually truly read as DHS Holly instead of Deshaun. probably me installing homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. All <laughs> I'm right. not going to fix it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a simple four capital letters would solve a voice, a screen reader pronunciation problem that uh, she, she'd rather tackle installing homebrew. <laughs> so, you know yeah, where the priorities yeah, that's lie. Right. <laughs> it's the only account based operation. It's actually pretty easy to install homebrew. But well, yeah. you think deleting four letters and replacing them with capitals would be simple too, but you know, I wonder why now. All <laughs> right. Um, Brad, are you uh, able to talk now? He somehow ended up back up in our audience, so I've invited him up on stage. Um, I wonder if he moved himself to the audience. I don't know. Hmm. All I don't know. right. But now's the time for anybody to get hands up. Yep. And uh, I guess if nothing else, Brad, you can uh, move on over to Zoom and we'll try to hear you that way. Um, all right. So very good. Okay, go ahead there, Alan. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure where to, uh, where to go from here. That's kind of the, the basic basics of it. Um, well, anything else you like to do in the terminal aside from the uh, the? Well, usually my uh, predominantly use it to uh, log in to remote computers like Linux and Unix, like web servers, uh, mm -hmm. using SSH because I don't have to use a type username and password. Uh, and then I do the commands on those machines uh, remotely. The other thing I use uh, SSH for uh, is for copying files to and from those systems. Uh, and even between Macs, it can be really nice if you have SSH enabled, because right. you can do because you can do SCP, secure copy, uh, and then you can and then it's like SCP and then like home server uh, colon, and then you can put the file name and you can copy from one computer to another, even as a third computer. So that's so it has a lot of utility for that. 
So then here's an interesting question for you, perhaps. We'll, we'll see if we can challenge you. I don't know. So we got services like RIM, which are coming out, that will allow you to use your Mac to connect to a remote computer. Um, do you see any advantages or disadvantages with using something like that versus what you do with the uh, terminal? Um. Yeah, the, ter the terminal, it, some people, if they're used to using a GUI, uh, I think if you're talking about RIM, which is a local company in California, um, I wasn't, I, last time I checked, they didn't have a Mac version. There's only Windows only. Uh, but that operates completely at the GUI. And the advantage behind RIM is that it, it has extra functionality to pass uh, when needed the, the keys for, uh, uh, for uh, the screen readers. You know, like Jaws. Yep. Yep. So you know this this on this menu. If you're doing if you're using terminal and you're remoting into another computer to administer it, then you don't. Then the only thing you would need a screen reader for is on your end because everything would be text, and so that the screen reader would be completely irrelevant on the on the machine you're connecting to. So. All right. So I've got a text question that just came in, and um. They want to know what ZSH is. And uh, they're, let's see, they're saying that um, sometimes their Mac says that. Okay, says that. Yeah. And then let's see. So I think they meant to say says there. Also, did you use both PWD and LS to list files? No. So PWD uh, is useful because it gives you the full path of where you're at. In, in, in the uh, in the file structure. Uh, so if you're not sure where you are, you type PWD and give it the entire file structure. Uh, and sometimes this can be useful even if you're mainly GUI driven, because sometimes it's easier to get somewhere in the terminal than it is in a GUI, because you can go anywhere directly in the terminal you want, right? If as long as you got yep. permissions, in the GUI, uh, they they can make some things some places hard to get to. So you can like select it you know, copy, you can paste places to go directly in the terminal as well. Um, the, uh, whereas, uh, LS is just gives you a listing of directories. I mean, well, listing of all files, including directories. Um, all right. Chanel has her hand up. Yes, we, we got have another speak. Well, we have oh. Mary. Mary. All right. Well, this stuff is really kind of above my pay grade, but this is a situation that actually Herbie knows about it. Um, I hear the best way to do this is in the terminal. I need to, um, I have a compatibility issue with a player that I have, and I need to remove from a SD card all of those system files that start with the, um, the underline. Yeah, and um, this is where I would do it, but I didn't really understand. Somebody told me the sequence for it, and I didn't remember it. Like I said, this is way above my pay grade. It's going to be the first time I'm ever in terminal. Well, you got terminal. You have the the SD card connected to your Mac already. I don't right now, but I can if I if you tell it to me, I think I can understand it well enough to you know. Okay. Okay. Because I, so, I don't have it right now, but I will. Okay, so when you open up terminal. Uh, 
you'll be able, you'll be in your home folder, and your SD card won't won't show up there. If, if assuming it auto mounts, sounds like it does. You do it, CD. It does. It's got a little you know yeah. one of those little things, and it usually shows up on the desktop. Usually it has no name or something stupid like that. Yep. Okay, you could type CD CD space forward slash ca uh, volumes, and you just type V O L and press tab, -O -L. and it'll auto complete it. And you press enter, and you do ls, and you should see. Well, in your case, you'll say no name, and you, and you type cd, no name, and that'll and that and that will put you onto the uh, onto your SD card, and okay. then you can do and then you can do rm space underscore asterisk uh -huh. to remove everything that has anything that starts with an underscore. I haven't done those asterisk things since DOS. Yep, works the same way. Um, wow. Yeah, all of the uh, that's a good point. All of your so in a uh, so on Unix, everyone except Windows, which has drive letters. Um, all of the other real real there I say real computers. I'm not gonna stop. They uh, they have a, a direct a singular a singular directory structure, and mm -hmm. the boot drive typically will comprise the. Uh, the, the slash, which is the root of the uh, of the directory structure, and Mac OS is nice because while many of the other operating systems varies, Mac OS makes all your drives available under slash volumes. So, oh, that's old, really nice, and I didn't, so I don't have to do. I'm, I thought I was going to have to use that period stuff because they were hidden. I well, if they're if, if the files are hidden, I thought uh, they always were. No, those 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 underlines. They're not. Oh, uh, good question. I don't know. Because you can't know. see them, like you know, if you're just, you know, looking at your files in the binder. Yeah. So yeah, what you're talking about is because like Kirby knows, the, Kirby what, knows the, what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what um is throwing a lot of people off of these new Victor Reader streams is um. So when the when the Mac when you copy files to a hard drive on the Mac on the Windows side, what we see is these uh, dot files that have like the same file name, and uh, you can see them on if you have if you if you're showing hidden files. Well, the um, new players now are also seeing these dot files, whereas the old ones didn't. So ones what she's wanting right? is a quick way of clearing out out those dot files every time. There's probably a way to do it in, on the Windows, the you know, on the dark side, but I couldn't figure out a way to do it on the dark side. So you want to get side, you just select them and you hit delete, but that's all you do there. So you yeah, but you can't find them. Score prefix. It wouldn't. It wouldn't let me. It, it 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 treated them like they were system files, and it wouldn't. I didn't know how to get the permission to do okay. it. Okay, I wonder if the Victor Reader does. I don't know. They say they're going to fix that, but it'll probably be three years from now. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, well, go go ahead, Alan. Well, if you want to get rid of the if you want to get rid of the dots, um, uh, the, the hidden files, then it's uh, it would be a um, rm space, and then oh, you yeah. put the dot. Dot. To, to the, yeah, and then and Do then I, put I a guess asterisk or the asterisk dot asterisk. Uh, it, it'd be a dot asterisk to delete all the uh, file names and start with dots. Uh, 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 uh. 
I don't know why I thought it was an underline. There is an underline in there too, but I think the dot. Comes it's a first. dot at. It's a dot underscore or dot, dot underscore. Unders- so you'd probably put both. So Maybe. I could put dot underscore. Well, if you don't need any of the hidden files, you can just delete all the hidden files by just by doing the dot. Mac may Mac may go back and restore because it has some system files it likes to put on everything like uh, DS store. It'll it'll end up putting it back for you. Okay. Yeah. This is. This is this is real helpful because you know. I think I ran into this problem with compatibility with something else too. I don't remember what it was though. Some other blindness thing. Thanks. That's really helpful. And just FYI, we did get Brad actually back on the stage. And Herbie, you were muted when you said, "All right, Brad." So. Okay, there, Brad. Hear me? Yes, we hear your mic. Yep. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, before I was inadvertent. Hey, um, follow up a couple of things. First, there's a comment and then a question. Um, Mary's question, those are, the Mac always makes those dot files. So, um, and I think there's something going on with the OS and the new stream that's showing hidden files. They were always there. If you stick that card in a stream too, you're not going to see those files because the OS on it is not showing the hidden files. But every time you stick an SD card or anything like that in um, connected to a Mac, all those files are going to get reconnected, re- recreated. So, um, and you'll see them on Windows if you show hidden files and show system files. Uh, I don't think you see them on your Mac. You're only going to see them if you put it in your Windows no, machine you and you're showing. So you don't see it on the Mac, right? No, you there do not. A, no, you don't. Because I, I don't command. have a Victor. Yeah, yeah, though there is right. a command to show the system, like uh, the hidden files on a Mac. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It's a terminal, and then there's also a new keyboard command, but I don't worry about them, so I don't use it. But uh, the, it, it, you're spinning your wheels trying to get rid of them because the first, the next time you stick that, connect that card to your it Mac, just recreates they're them. all going to get recreated again. It'll happen every time because that's just part of what the Mac does. So, so then I think until, your best bet, Mary, is. Oh, go ahead. Learn to live with it. Yeah, and I think what I, the, my suggestion is, I think for all of you Victor Reader stream users out there, A, don't, but, uh, oh, I'm not supposed to insert my opinion. <laughs> Oops, sorry. This is another um, example of, of humanware coming out with a product that wasn't ready to be released, but they wanted to no, get it they, out. No, they, so they, they, they need to anyway. fix it so that it doesn't see hidden files. And so, That's what I mean. They released a yeah. product that wasn't ready to be released because they were yeah. in a hurry to get it out for whatever corporate reasons but i digress uh listen to y'all talk it's great uh i haven't you use a uh, command line unix i learned all that stuff back in the in the early eight, mid 80s when i was using that for work long before i ever learned to use a pc uh i know we have the command line on mac uh in terminal it's a little different i know that's what we're talking about here and where i'm going is what's a good resource um command resource for um you know, effectively learning to use the terminal on Mac, learning the commands, uh, the, um, what do we call them, the switches, the um, specifiers that we can use along with the command, like, you know, ls is lists your, you know, directory contents, L ls uh, slash L will give you the long listing with more details, things like that. What's a good yeah. command reference? 
Um, usually I just Google the, the, the command itself. Like, uh, if I want to see what the, uh, like when I have still Google, it's my, uh, um, is it when, um, R, uh, just type in like the, the tar and then space and then, uh, Mac OS. Okay. And then enter. And then usually you'll get someone who will have a Mac specific version, but, uh, in the terminal, a lot of the, because it's supposed to be Composix compliant, um, the commands are pretty much uh, surprisingly universal across all of the different uh, di- uh, versions. So, you know, there's a, much of that the normal stuff that you get to use all the time will be the same between FreeBSD, Linux, Mac OS. Uh, all of them will actually take the same same command to do the same thing. Particular, particularly if you've, up, if you've updated uh, you know, updated your like your SSH or your GitHub. It's really kind of fairly universal, which makes it really nice. So like you know, you get like rsync on the Mac, and you get the same version on Linux, and they will they will talk to each other for sending files back and forth uh, as if they were two Linux computers talking to each other. So it kind of makes the Mac universal. Windows, on the other hand, if you wanted to do that, uh, I don't know, you'd have to take a hammer and a weekend, and there'd be blood involved. It would be ugly to do that. Um, so, but there's but yeah, a Apple's... website or a, or a reference guide. You can <clears throat> look look up, you know, the command reference is in general. Yeah, I just than just type an individual command into Google. Yeah, I just I just Google I just Google it, and the great thing about the, the Mac is uh, usually just put Mac. You know, you include the Mac as a search term uh, or Apple, and then uh, the results will be will be appropriate and uh, the documentation of Apple is usually pretty consistent because they don't change things too fast. So I just, I don't have any one particular uh, website I go to. It drives just, me crazy whenever I ask him how to do anything. He searches or he Googles. I yeah, search everything. Yeah, I know. Now, that is how we do it yeah. nowadays. Yep. And right. now normally I'll probably end up a stack exchange very commonly, but I'm not intentionally trying to go there. So. Right. Yep. Um, uh, I will say that knowing how to Google things can really be a good thing for, you know, because sometimes you really can answer your own questions that way. But yeah. all right. Any other questions? Well, none, none in Zoom. And, and for those of you that need to reinstall Mac OS and don't want to do it using option, uh, there's option R and boot off the internet, you can also make a USB installer from terminal, uh, which is pretty slick because you can't actually do that from the GUI. So once you've downloaded the, uh, the Mac OS from, from the app store, you uh, close it, you don't install it. Uh, and then you can, and then uh, I, I cheat again, I use Google and I copy and paste the specific one for the specific version of uh, Mac OS I'm installing off Apple's support website uh, into terminal. And then with the USB of an appropriate USB key installed, in that they have they have the instructions, uh, but that's the only way you can make a USB installer. All right, well, thank you, Alan, and um, the, yeah, thank you very much. And Tyann, uh, you're a patient woman. That's all I can say. Well, maybe <laughs> you're not. I don't know. No, I know you're not, but you know, I'm just trying to be nice. You know, guys, I'm just going to give you a moment of reflection here on something interesting that I definitely came across yesterday. You know, people talk about how voiceover hasn't changed much and the Mac hasn't changed much. Well, 
I it definitely has in some ways. For instance, I still have an old Mac that runs Catalina. And I was using it for some things yesterday, and I went to go to the system preferences. See, it's, that's a big change right there. It's now system settings. And, you know, with newer Mac, newer OSs, you can go to the context menu and look for things that way. I could not get that to work in Catalina. And it's a totally different look when you do open system uh, preferences, because you got to interact with that scroll area. And... Uh, all that. And then, you know, another thing is I was about to do VOF7 to check the time. Oops, that's not going to work. We don't even have that until this current operating system. So it's really, you know, just a lot of little changes, not to mention, you know, iMessages. That's a little bit of a different look and feel, too. Um, I wish my contacts would sync better with the old Mac, but that's neither here nor there. Um because everything else is fine. Option T will give you the time and date. What? Option T will give you the time yes. and date. It does. But, you know, now we have the VOF7. And the thing I like about that better is it gives you the time versus the uh, option T gives you the date first. And so sometimes it's just quicker to do VOF7 and get my time right off the bat. So... Um, but yeah, option T is enabled on both systems, so I do use it, but. We are at 10 of. All right. So does anybody have any um, general Mac questions they would like to ask? Now is definitely a good time. And I'll also take any requests for anything that you would like me to demo for the future calls, by the way. So if you have any demo requests, um, definitely let me know. And um, all right, not hearing any raised hands. So questions, what am I going to talk about next time? Ooh, well... We're going to bite the bullet. I This is perhaps not one of my favorite subjects because I do it. Do I do it? Well, we'll find out. We're going to take a look at text editing on the Mac. And we're going to try to take a look at it from three perspectives. Text edit, pages, and Microsoft Word. Yes, we're going to take a look at Microsoft Word on the Mac. Now, it will not be a full demo. This is going to be how, you know, to get you up and running so you can do your own experimenting with it outside of that because I get a headache just trying to understand all the things you can do with Word and why you'd want to set margins a certain way and... Uh, I understand basic concepts like double spacing it looks better visually and it certainly makes it a whole lot easier to write a 10 page paper, but, uh, um, Rosie, so I, wait, well, as I say, you're going to, uh, you, you're doing text editing or are you doing a uh, word processing? Ah, good question. Cause I was going to say you missed, you, 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 you skipped over text wrangler. I'd skipped over what? Text wrangler. Text Wrangler. I've not heard of that one. It's very popular on the Mac uh, for for editing uh, text, like text is in 
as in uh, programming text, as in web pages text, as in system files. Okay. So it has features specifically not for word processing, but for managing text files that you okay. may need. Yeah. That's good. So we'll call this more of word processing than text okay. editing, but I'll have to look at that right. text wrangler. Right. And um, so, but we're going to take a look at why I do like Word on the Mac in lo- overall better than Windows, even though there are some frustrations, i.e. how I, why I do think it's a lot easier to get to the ribbons in Word on Mac than it is on Windows. But uh, so we're, we're, we're going to bite the bullet on this one and uh, just see how it goes. I'll probably have powder sticking in my mouth afterwards, but that's okay. Um, did, they, did, they, did they address the compatibility issues between Windows and Mac on the, the output files? Um, well, we're going to try to, it's, it's going to be a matter of what I think Mac does a lot better than like, say, JAWS for Windows. And one of the things I'm definitely going to try to show you all is things like footnotes, for instance, Mm -hmm. which I cannot stand on Word. And the few times I've asked JAWS professionals about footnotes, by the way, they've never given me a good answer. So, Mm -hmm. um, but voiceover, like what, what, so like what JAWS does in Microsoft Word on Windows is you get stuck in this footnote area and you ha- it's a pain to get out of it. Now, the Mac, on the other hand, what it does is it presents the footnote as a link. So you can choose to look at the footnote or just keep on skimming right on over it to go through the rest of your document. Mm-hmm. And I... Th- you know, there's... So it gives you the choice, whereas Word really does not. And so... Well, I the compatibility was uh, that the output files that the, the they're not feature compatible entirely. Mm-hmm. So the files from Mac, Windows users can't actually open. So yeah, yeah. and we're, but we're going to talk about compatibility a little bit, and you know, like one of the downsides of Pages is the fact that if you do export to Word, depending on how fancy you're getting, how much will things transfer over and whatnot. So yeah. Um, so we we will try to talk about that and um you know and and so yeah we we will definitely try to address compatibility and uh, all that. So that's what I've got for you in a couple weeks. And this is the last call for questions. Oh, uh I have a question. Yes. Uh would people be interested in implementing uh two-factor authentication? covering how to do that. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Because right. uh, that is definitely a good thing to have because that can sometimes it make it a lot harder for people to get into your systems, especially if you have a laptop. Well, so this is uh, this uh, like securing your online accounts. So there's two, there's the better, there's a good way and a better way. Good ways uh, I found is using a Google Authenticator for a time-based number you have to type in after you type in your password. Uh, and then the other options even better is a hardware key you plug into a USB port and then you push, just push a button on it. Right. And then it sends the, uh, yeah, to memorize anything, just got to have at least two keys. Um, and so I suggest are you volunteering uh, yourself to uh, make another presentation? If people are, if people are interested, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm definitely interested, uh, so that's good enough for me. And nobody's <laughs> voicing any objections. So, all right, we will 
book you for another presentation on two-factor authentication then and i think that'll be a good thing okay in fact if uh yeah so we can arrange that for like the end of may or beginning of june whichever one works best or better for you so all right thank you to chanel and marianne for hosting streaming moderating and uh thank you everybody for coming 